Okay, let's begin our discussions of Sefer Bamidbar and Parshas Bamidbar. Just one PS from last week. I got three comments about the story of the Yerachayim HaKadosh. Three different people came over to me with the same comment, which is fine, that they heard a different ending for the Yerachayim story last week, that it wasn't just that you have the Yerachayim sitting in your jail, and that's where the storm is going to continue until, until he comes out, but that the Gehenim, as we know, which is closed on Shabbos, um, the Malachamavis was in charge of the Gehenna or the Yitzhahara. So the Malachamavis went to Kaddish Baruch Hu and said, I want, you know, I have to open the doors again. So the doors of Gehenna couldn't open until the Arachayim HaKadosh made Abdallah. So that's why there was such shaking and the storm was happening. So that's, that was the end. So I got two emails and one, uh, one comment. So I uh, just wanted to make that Hosafa to that version of the ending of the story. Okay. So now let us get back to, get, get to this week's Parsha. Parsha's by Midbar. Um, just a programming note for uh, those uh, listening in uh, Eretz Yisrael and Chutz It's next week, Beth Hashem, there will be a shear. The, um, right next week is uh, still there will be a shear. And we'll do, be doing Parsha's Nasso, uh, which those in Chutz Laaretz will not have a Shabbos Parsha next week, so you'll just have it a week ahead. And the following week we'll do Baloscha here in Eretz Yisrael, and we'll be, again, it'll be a week ahead because Chutz Laaretz gets a week behind us with the two day Shuas, so you'll just have a week ahead until the summer break, and then you'll just. Uh, be able to have it for an extra week. Okay, just uh, keeping that in mind. So the story, the parsha starts off. Say from Midbar, Midbar Naso has a lot of names, a lot of names, a lot of countings, and uh, the beginning of Midbar, of course, talks about the Degalim, the flags that each of the Shvatim um, started marching with in their march from Eretz Mitzrayim to Eretz Kanaan from Har Sinai, and uh, Rabbi Yaakov Kamenetsky in source number one points out that this is a wonderful idea. A flag, there's seder, there's order, but there is a problem. There is a problem with with um, with not what happens, but when it happens. Says Rabbi Yaakov, There was a specific order, there was a specific placement for each of the shvatim. It was obvious. There's so such specificity given in the psukim that you know it had to be dafka. There's such symbolism. This is such an important way of marching through the desert. So ask Rabbi Skipping a line. Whatever the symbolism is, which hopefully we'll talk about in a few minutes, a little bit more through the eyes of the Klayakar, but whatever the symbolism is, this was an important way for Klai Yisrael to go through the 40 years in the desert. So then why did HaKadosh Baruch Hu wait to give this command? To give the Tzivoy? He waited. Where are we? You read at the beginning of the beginning of the Bamidbar. Rashana HaShenis, let's say some, the second year, we mentioned a couple of weeks ago, this is the one time, you mentioned that it, there were a few times in the Torah where, where Rashi says, Ein Torah, and the Rabban argues. He never likes to say that principle unless he has to. This is the one time that he has to, because the date is given at the beginning of Sefer by Midbar, and the date is given in Perak by Midbar. And Perak by Midbar's date is earlier than Perak Aleph. Okay, so that he can't argue on. So it says the second year here. So why did Kodesh Baruch wait? Why didn't he tell them how to march with the flags, with three shvatim on each side? Why didn't he give that sivui to them right away? That's Rabbi Yaakov's question. He answers, line 12. Degalim, flag, says Rabbi Yaakov, there's a danger to them. Because what does each flag symbolize? Each flag is a different color. 
Right, Rashi quotes on the parsha that the flag was the color of the stone that was on the choshen for each shevet. So every flag was a different color. Every flag had a different symbol. Every shevet had a different mahus to them. There was a different powers and talents and symbols of every shevet. Every color symbolizes something. And also the pictures on every flag. Each of these flags then symbolized. There was a special striving, a special goal that every shevet had to reach. So there were 12 different flags with 12 different colors and 12 different symbols. So says Rabbi Yaakov, that's very dangerous. It's very dangerous that if you have 12 groups that are all striving to something different, you're going to end up with 12 religions. You're going to end up with 12 Judaisms. You're going to have the Ruvain Judaism and the Shimon Judaism and the Naftali Judaism. So how can we be sure? What's, where's the safety net? How can we be sure that we could excel in our own respective areas, fulfilling our own respective goals, and yet not surging away from each other? Says Rabbi Yaakov, you could only do that if you have some type of glue. You have something holding them together in the middle. Right after they left, Mitz- they left Mitzrayim, there was no glue. They just left Mitzrayim. There was nothing. There was no ma'achid power. There was nothing that would hold them together. Only says Rabbi Yaakov, after Kabbalah Satora, after they went through everything they went through together, Kriyas Yamsov, Kabbalah Satora, the building of the Mishkan. After that, now with the Aran in the center. So now they can have each of their flags with the different colors, with all the different she'ifos. And there's no danger that they're going to split because everybody has, really has the same goal. Everybody's connected by the mid-center point. Ella, says Rabbi Yaakov on line 18, Mikivan, Sha'ayulukula merkaz echod, because each of them have a center point. Vahainu ha-mishkan, v'kulam chonim yisavev la-mishkan, ein zegorim la-pirud. This doesn't lead to period separation. Everyone stands on their own mishmar. Just like a person. But I have eyes and ears and a nose. And they're all different. They're all, they're all, they all contradict each other. Right? The eyes see. The eyes don't hear. And the ears and the nose. But there's going to be a big fight between all the parts of the body? No, of course not. Because there's one neshama. There's one goof that's holding everything together. Says Yaakov, it's the same thing. Second column. And that is why this sivui had to be delayed. Until there was that center point with the Aaron in the Mishkan, then Akadosh Baruch Hu couldn't give this sivui. Only after they had the Mishkan. So then. Everybody could do their own thing. And yet, there was no danger with being pulled apart. So Rabbi Yaakov emphasizes every Jew is different. Every group of Jews. Every Shevet. Right, we know that the, the post can bring down that there's a minog to have 12 windows on the front, front of a shul. Why? Because every Shevet's tefillahs go through their window in Shemayim. There's a minog to have the 12 windows. And uh, the Arizal says there's a different way of davening for every Shevet. But says Rabbi Yaakov, we should all do our best in our own respective areas. But as long as we have that power of Ichud in the middle, the Achdus of the Torah. The same idea that Rabbi Yaakov says is also mentioned in Rabbi Sternbach's Pirish Allah Torah in the next parak, in Tavadas and verse number two. Where the Medrash says, Ishal Tegloka so the Medrash that he quotes in verse number two reads as follows Kedoshim Ugadolim, how you Yisrael Bidigleihem. The Bnei Yisrael were holy and great. 
And all the other nations of the world looked at us as we traveled through the desert. We want to be like you. Come join us. We'll make you officers. We'll make you princes. There was something that they were jealous about with the flags. Something that they wanted. What are you looking at us for? What are you going to give us that we don't have? Can you do for us what HaKadosh Baruch Hu did for us? So what's the conversation going on here? What were they jealous about? But Israel answered, no, you can't give us what HaKadosh Baruch Hu could give us. What exactly is, is, is meant? So it says of Sternbach, Everybody in the army has a special position and a special job to do, and a special tafkid. So to every shevet, excelled in their own specific area. We know Naftali excelled in a certain area, and Yisachar excelled in a certain area. There was a special pasuk on the flag. Everybody had their flag. It was all different. It was all unique. But yet they were all together. And that was not understandable. How could you all be different and all do your own thing and yet all have the same goal? He says, even Derek Malitza, I'll share with you. There are many different groups in Judaism, says of Sternbach. So we're rubbing Yerushalayim today. And even within these, you have Chasidim, Isnagdim, Bali Musur. Everybody does their own thing. Everybody does their own their own way of Navodis Hashem. But they're all going around the same midpoint. Everybody's around the Mishkan. They're all different. But the goal is equal. This is individuality within unity. That's of Yaakov's Vart. That's from Sternbach's Vart. He even says at the end, he quotes from Ramir Shapiro. Ramir Shapiro says, the last paragraph, Kiesh Makdim in Barak Shamar Lahodu. Some say Barak Shamar before Hodu. And some say Hodu before Barak Shamar. But when it comes to Yehi Chavod Hashem Laolam, everybody comes together. Yehi Chavod Hashem Laolam, Akadosh Baruch Hu is praised. Doesn't matter what you daven. You all come together by Yehi Chavod. The same thought, I just thought of it, the, uh, and I give it to you. The, Ch- the Chavetz Chaim says the same idea in the Gemara at the end of Masechah's Tainus. When the Gemara says, um, we'll talk about it again on Shabbos, Bezrat Hashem, that Lasulava, Akadosh Baruch Hu is going to make a circle for all the tzaddikim. And they're all going to be dancing around the circle, and they're all going to be pointing to the midpoint where Akadosh Baruch Hu is going to be in the middle, Kaviyachol, and they're all going to say, Zeh Hashem Kivinu Lo Nagila Benismacha Bishuaso. They're all going to be pointing. So the Chavetz Chaim says, wonderful, Akadosh Baruch Hu is in the middle, everybody's pointing, but why dancing? Why does he say that we'll be dancing in the circle? Say singing in the circle, standing in a circle, dancing in the circle. Why Dafka dancing? So it says the Chavetz Chaim, what happens when you dance in a circle? When you dance in a circle, you move. And you, each of us, we go into the person's position who was next to us a second ago. And we go into their position, and they go into the next person's position. And the circle moves. It says the Chavetz Chaim, that's the galus of what's going to be lost to Lavo. Every point on the circle, on the perimeter of the circle, on the circumference of the circle, is symbolizes a, a different derech and a vodas Hashem. This Reb is derech, and that Reb is derech, and this Rav's derech. And we need all of them, or else he's missing part of the circle. But not only is that, and we're all going to see that we're all equidistant from the mid, midpoint. 
But not only that, we're going to dance, we're going to experience the others Avodas Hashem. And we're going to realize that's also a way of serving HaKadosh Baruch Hu. And that's all the same idea of the Tegalim. The Aaron's in the middle, surrounded by all of Klai Yisrael, doing their respective, um, involved in their respective Avoda. And one final point, I get the quotes, not, not such a common mocker that we quote in the Parsha Shir, in the Hagdama to the Am Mordechai on Masech HaShabbos. That's right, Willig Sefer on Masech HaShabbos, his Sefer on Brachas and, uh, and Shabbos. So in the Hagdama there, he quotes uh, this Rabbi Yaakov to explain a line in Zemiris. He says, we say the, in the first Mira, first Zemer on Friday night, whoever sanctifies Shabbos as is appropriate for him, Call Shomer Shabbos Kados Bechalalo. Whoever keeps Shabbos Kados correctly Mechalalo from desecrating it, without desecrating it, Scharo Harbe Moda Pifalo, he gets great Schar, Isha Machane of Isha Diglo. So Rabbi Willick says, what did the Golem have to do with this? What did the Golem have to do with Kalmakadi Shavi? So he quotes Rabbi Yaakov Kamenetsky, he quotes this thought of, of the Emesli Yaakov, and he says, you have to read it as follows Kalmakadi Shavi, anyone who is Makadi Shavi, who keeps Shabbos Karoi Lo, everybody in their own way. Everybody in their own way. Keep Shabbos. And Shabbos is a different experience to each of us. Karoi lo for each and every person. As long as they're bound by kol shomer Shabbos kados mechalolo. Every halacha. You have to be a shmir Shabbos. The halacha of shmir Shabbos that binds everybody together. That's Rabbi Yaakov's glue. Once you have a kol shomer Shabbos kados mechalolo, then you could have kol makadish shavi karoi lo with kol echad ve'echad. And that's the next sentence. Talks about the Degolim. Ishal Machanehu Ishal Digla. That's exactly what Rabbi Yaakov says is the message of the Degolim. That's what Rabbi Willa continues in source number four, explains it as I just said. Karoi Lo doesn't mean Karoi Lashabbos, as might have been the Pshuto Shel HaZemer, but in the middle of the top line, Dinah Kavana Karoi Lashabbos, Ela Karoi Lakomakadish. The Lo is going back on Komakadish, every person who sanctifies. Everybody has different minhagim, everybody has different yihugim, and different foods, but as long as they have, that's what binds them together. Okay, that is all, number one. Moving along to a different medrash at the beginning of the parsha. Two thoughts on the medrash. Medrash is one line. Medrash right at the beginning of my midbar. Medrash says, you can look at the beginning of source five, Bishlosha Dvarim Nitna Torah. Torah was given in three, in three ways. Hard, 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 Bishlosha Dvarim was given with three things. Given in three ways. What was it? Given in Be'esh, Bamayim, Ubamidbar. In fire, in water, and in the desert. So what, are these, what does this Medrash mean? What exactly is, uh, is the depth of the Medrash? So two thoughts. One from someone more recent, and some, well, actually, not, they're both Achronim. Um, First, from the Maharami Lublin. Maharami Lublin says, "Hakava of Yani." This is quoted from a Mayanishal Torah. Quotes this from Maharami Lublin. Hakava of Yani Shalom Yisrael. Who's What typifies a Jew? Shemiyom heyoso laam gila tamid misiris nefesh baad tarasu vemunaso. One thing that we could say throughout the generations. Maybe we weren't always the greatest people who. Didn't watch out our battle of Hara. Maybe we weren't always called the Itam Torah. Maybe we weren't always the greatest in different areas. But one thing that we could say we were great at, and that was Mesiris Nefesh Rakadish Baruch There's no other nation like that, and there's nobody who's given more Karbanas. That we have, like we went last week, the story of the Chavetz Chaim. Right? There's no other, that, that we have, 
we wear with a with a, our badge of honor. So there's nobody that had such great mysterious nefesh. We stuck at our neck. Whenever right, we we were pushed into a corner, we were moser nefesh. Where did this koach come from? Where did we get this koach? We had all these stories of during of World War Two. We had all these stories of, of even the Jew that's the most farthest from Yiddishkeit. I'm a Jew. I'm Moser Nefesh. Where does this koach come from? Says the Rambam Milublin, Koach Zevet Chunazu Shal Am Yisrael Bolu De Gilu Ikari B'Shlosha Ma'oraot Shal Divrei Yemei Ha'am. There were three historical events early in our history of Mesiris Nefesh, and that paved the way and put it into our genes. This koach of Mesiris Nefesh. What was that? Number one, Avraham Avi Ha'uma Nizak LaKivshan Ha'esh. Avram jumping in, not bowing down. He jumped into the burning furnace. Number one, he jumped into the fire. That was step one. And then, if we thought that was just an individual, oh, that was just Avram. He was, he was above. He wasn't, he wasn't the regular person. We all went in. Okay, the Medr says, split. But if you just look in the Psukim, it just says we went in. We went in and then it split. Okay, even if even if it's split, you know, it's all the way up above our heads. We're going to walk through it. That also takes Mesira Snafish. It's still in the water, in the Yam. That's number two. And if you think that was only for a moment, oh, uh, for a minute, I'll be Moser Nefesh. Then we have Haribaha Maurashlishi. We have the third Maora. Of Kasher Bnei Yisrael, Halchul Lemidbar Shemama, Shoreis Chayos Rose of Nachashim Akramim. We go into a desert without provisions, without anything, wild animals. Everything was there. Lolo Mazur Amayin. We didn't have any water, food. Tukufa. Now we don't even leave the house for half an hour without a water bottle, right? And that's in forty years. No, we'll go. Mesiris Nefesh says Ramiel of Lin. The Torah was given Beish, Bamayim, Ubamidbar. Those were the three events of Mesiris Nefesh that defined us as a people. Avram Avinu with Eish, Kriyas Yamsuf with Mayim, and Lechtech Achara Midbar, Beres Lo Zarua, that was with Ith, uh, that was the Midbar. Those three led the way for us to be the type of people that will hold on to the Torah forever. Very similar idea, said a little bit earlier from Chaim Yivalajan. On Perkei Avos. Chaim Yivalajan has an amazing diuk that once we see, we're like, yeah, wow, it's a diuk. But you can read the Mishnayis a hundred times and we wouldn't notice it. The two Mishnayis in Pirkei and Perakei, one right after another. They're, I didn't give you the Mishnayis, but the first Mishnah says there were ten generations from Noach to Avraham. Why? To tell me how much patience Hashem has, that He didn't destroy the world and all these Rishayim. Noach to Avraham. And the next Mishnah says there were ten tests that Avraham was tested. Right, ten tests that Avraham had. And Lahudia, Kamachibaso, etc. Rechaim Yivalajan notes that the first Mishnah says, Minoach at Avraham. The second Mishnah says there were ten tests that Avraham Avinu went through. The first Mishnah does not say Avinu, it just says Avraham. Only here, by the Nisyonos, is he called Avraham Avinu in the Mishnah. Why? Says the Ruach Chaim, Chaim Yivalajan in his commentary in Perkeyavos. Why? Line four. 
midos that it's sadik, that one of the avos persevered and worked hard to achieve certain certain kocho, certain talents. When we work hard, when when the, one of the avos works hard and achieves a certain mida, that becomes part of his genes, and that is then genetically transferred to the children. Just a little bit of yagia, they'll come to it. Like we see, where does this koch of Kiddush Hashem come from, from every Jew? The power of every Jew to jump into a furnace to give their life comes from Avram Avinu going into the Urkastim. All the ten tests, they were laying the foundation and the groundwork to give the koach to the Jewish people forever to pass their ten tests. Because every Nisoyen that we have in life is parallel to one of those ten tests. V'chein, he even quotes, Why does a family comfortable in Chutz La'aretz kick up and say, you know what? Let's move to the land of Israel. What kind of crazy kind of think th- thought is that? Who would do such a thing? Right, to get up, you leave what you're comfortable with and you have everything, the language. Where does that come from? That's the Amma Nivcha, the Eretz Nivcheres. It comes from Avram Avinu listening to Lech Lecha. Avram Avinu listened to Lech Lecha, so he put that Koach in each of us to be able to pass that test also. To say, I could do it and I could leave the, 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 my Choron and my Aram Naraim and I could go to Eretz Canaan. And he didn't even have Nefesh B'Nefesh. Right? And he gave us the Koach to do it. But that's what the Medrash says. With Bishlosha Dvar Mitzna HaTorah Be'esh Bamayim Ubamidbar. Three ways. Another idea that the that is brought to explain this measurish is from the Ksav Sofer. Ksav Sofer, son of the Ksav Sofer, quotes maybe these three ideas, Eishmayim and Midbar, are speaking about three elements that must exist for Torah to exist within us. Number one, he says, Vinir Lafarish, the second line, source seven. Each one of these is about a different element that exists for Torah. Just like the water flows down stream. One has to be humble in order to be a, a true Tzamar Chacham, a true Obed Hashem. Torah will not last by someone who is a Balgaiva. We measured in the past that the Rambam writes in the Chazdeus that by every Midah, one has to follow the middle path, the Shvil Hazav, the mean. Don't be, give too much Staka, don't give too little Staka. Don't be too too uh, happy, and don't be too sad. Just Shvil Hazav, except for two. Two are exceptions. Two, you have to go to the extreme. Extreme, not even in the middle. Ka'as, and Gaifa. Obviously, they're connected. Right, I'm going to get angry because I think I'm great. And why did that happen to me? But Kas and Gaiva. So, Torah does not last if somebody somebody puts themselves in the middle. So, Just like the, the famous measures, HaKadosh Baruch Hu gave the Torah in Har Sinai, Katan Shabaharim. Right? The smallest. And that's what we say in Pirkei Avos. Measure on Shabbos. Moshe Kibbal Torah Misinai. The first bishop of Pirkei Avos. Moshe got the Torah. From Hashem, what do you mean, Misinai? May Hakadosh Baruch Hu, what do you mean, Misinai? So the Bali Moser say, no, he was Zocha to be the one to bring the Torah to Am Yisrael because Misinai, he learned from Har, learned from Har Sinai to be an Anav. He learned from Har Sinai to be humble. That's the first Mita that must exist. Torah is given, ba 
Mayim, number one. Number two, Ba'esh. What's Ba'esh? Venitna Ba'esh, line six. Kitar nimshalas la'esh, kiner mitzvah v'torah, or shemeira la'adam u'madrichayu derach yelichba. The Torah is a torch. Says the Chesav Sofer, a torch has opposite potentials. On the one hand, a torch can light your way. It's dark outside, it's pitch black. You have a torch, everything is lit up in front of you. It torch shows us how to go. So that a torch, a, a Torah, and a torch could be could be beautiful, and it leads us. The problem is, a torch also, Rahman al Islam, can be very dangerous. Says the Ksaf Sofer, if somebody is a Ben Torah, and every Orthodox Jew is a Ben Bas Torah, then they wear the badge of Torah. And if somebody sees them acting inappropriately, then there's even more of a responsibility and more negative that could come out of that. So the Torah is ish. There's great positives that could come out of that. But one has to be very careful because there's also great negatives that could come out of that. And the greater and the more Torah a person knows, the more responsibility that he has. That's what the Gemara says in some places. Adam chash of shiny. Right? Surah me and shiny. A tabel chacham sometimes has to go. Or Shachter always likes to say. You know, sometimes Rabbanan have to do, have to go even higher because he says an average uh, Balabas of his will say, okay, the rabbi is here, so I'm going to go right, oh, right under. Right under there. So he says, no, that's why if somebody knows that he has somebody who looks at them like that, so you have to be even higher, so then, so, or act, hold oneself to a higher standard. Not, not to think of themselves as higher. That was the first one. That was mine. But at least act in a certain way. But that's, that's what's what the Torah is Nimshallah Aish. We have to make sure that we use it, the Aish, for the warmth, for the light, for the positive elements that Aish could give us. And number three says the Ksav Sofer, and that is Midbar. And that is the fourth to last line, line 20, Vinitnaba Midbar, The Torah was given to the people who eat Mun. What does that mean? People are not, who are not focused on Gashmius. All they had was Mun. There wasn't such a Gashmi existence, excuse me, in the, in the desert. So that's number three. Our life has to be focused on Ruchnius, focused on Torah, focused on Chesed, focused on items that are symbolized by the Ochle Haman. So maybe that's another idea. So the Ksav Sofer, these are three elements that one needs to live a full, a complete Torah lifestyle. Hum, humility, symbolized by Mayim, using Torah for the positive purposes, that's Eish, and finally Midbar, which is symbolizes that we're supposed to be focused on Ruchnis. Moving right along. So Perak Beis, Perak Aleph starts off with the Dzagalim, but Perak Beis... Uh, tells us in Bamidbar, I'm not going to read so many Pesukim tonight, but in Bamidbar tells us um, that three Shvatim were on each side. Three Shvatim were on each side of the, Aaron was in the middle with the Levium, and then three Shvatim were on each side, 12, Menashe and Ephraim counted as two. So if we were to do a poll, asking the average Jew on the street, which Shvatim were paired with which ones? Who was on the north, who was on the west? I assume, myself included. I don't, I don't know. You can name the Shvatim in order, their birth, their birth order, maybe how they, how they, uh, you know, other, how they, how they marched. How do you remember that? Isn't it random? Chasvashal. Random? So the Klayakar, besides giving us an amazing explanation of why each three Shvatim, what unified each of the three Shvatim, and why they were on each of the sides, once we hear this thought, it'll be a great way to remember which Shevet marched with which one? Because now we remember the thought, and then we'll be able to remember which one marched. Because obviously nothing is, is coincidence, everything is there for a specific purpose. What is the simple? 
says the Klayakar. So who was first? Who was in the east? Mizracha Degamachna Yehuda. That was Yehuda's team. Yehuda's team. Who was with Yehuda? Who was with Yehuda? As we're going to see, Yisachar and Zvulun. Yisachar, Zvulun, and Yehuda. They were a team. What do they have in common? Line two. There were four attributes that is needed to acquire Chachma. I'm sorry, to acquire perfect Midos. So first is Chachma, Vacharei Kinyin Midos, Vacharei Kinyin Agvura, Vacharkulam Kinyin HaOsher. Why does that? Where does that come from? It's a Gemara and it's a Rambam. Line five. Ein Shechina Shora Ki Im Al Chacham Ashir Gibor Va'anav. Right, a shechina shora only on someone who is wise, who is a gibar, right? somebody who is strong. Does that mean physical strength? Does that mean akavish yisro gvura anav and ashir ki anav rosh lachalamidos? That's why he picks anivos, even though that's that's a symbol for all perfection of all mitos. So, how do these four groups fit into those four categories? Says the Klayakar. Number one, Yehuda Yisachar and Zvulun, Rishona Yiso, they go first, because what do they symbolize? These are the Torah leaders. The Torah leaders have to go first. They have to go first. Why do you know that from Yehuda? Obviously, this is beside the Levim, who were the leaders of all of Klai Yisrael. They were in the middle of these, this square. But other than that, who were the leaders, the religious leaders? David HaMelech. David HaMelech, Sheva Yehuda, Elu Rashi Galios, and Eretz Yisrael. And who else? We know Yisachar. The Gemara says the Sanhedrin came from Yisachar. Line 14, we've been Yisachar, Yodei Bin Eliitim. And finally, Mate Zavulun, Shinemrabo, Mizvulun, Moshchim, Beshevet Sofer, Voshayah Machsaki de Yisachar. So we know Yisachar and Zavulun, the partnership, and Zavulun has just as much schar as Yisachar when he acts Lashma. So they are also considered a Torah leader. And that's the first group. Yehuda, Yisachar and Zavulun. They are all together. They form the first group that goes first. Rishon and Yiso, they're the Torah leaders. They are the ones that symbolize Chachma. Then who comes? They were east. Who's next? Line 22. Degel, Machane, Reuven, Shimon, and God. Teimana, they're in the south. So what does that triumvirate have in common? Reuven, Shimon, and God. Shenikra, Darom, Alshem, Dar, Rom. What does that mean? Shahashemesh Darbarumo. When the sun rises in the east and sets in the west, it goes over the southern sky, though. It doesn't go straight up above. It leans on an axis over the southern sky. What does that symbolize? The south always symbolizes what's under. That symbolizes hachna, symbolizes humility as we just spoke about, which is the Rosh of all, of all Midos, perfection of one's, of one's um, um, behavior. Umidazu, and where do you see this Mida? By these three Shvatim. Ruvain, Shimon, and God. Where do you see that? Midazu, I say, it's all Ruvain. Number one, Ruvain did Shuva. Ruvain did Shuva. He lowered himself by Maisa Bilha. As Chazal say, Yehuda was first, but he already went already. But Ruvain was Mode. He was Mode Lamas. As Rashi quotes in Zosa Bracha, if somebody doesn't have humility, they'll never be able to admit to fault. That's Ruvain. This is also a Rashi in Zosa Bracha. Shimon didn't have a separate portion in the Eretz Yisrael. So he was a, they were traveling Malamdim. Traveling Sofrim, Chazal say. They traveled. Again, Malamdim Sofrim. 
somebody's traveling, they don't have a place to live, it's, it's a symbol of humility. And finally, God is about Baltstaka, says, says the Klayakar, and therefore that also symbolizes, if I get Staka, I realize that I'm not above anybody else. So they were in the Darom. They were in the south. They were symbolizes Anava, which symbolizes Midas Tovos. So first you have the Torah that goes first, that's the Yehudim, Sachar, and Zavulin. Then you have the second group of Reuben, Shimon, and God. Continuing, who's the next group? Next page, line four. Degel Machane Ephraim Umanashe Ubinyamin Yama Ushlishim Yiso. Menashe Ephraim and Binyamin. So that's probably the easiest group to figure out why they go together. They're all B'nai Rachel. Right? Menashe Ephraim and Binyamin. But what do they have together? Kima'alas Hagvura. Shlishis, as we said before. Shlina Shorah with Gvura. Viksiv Bohem, and it says a positive to Hillim. Also, group together. Lifnei Ephraimu binyamu menasha oris gvura secha. Hashem, your gvura should be awakened because of these giborim. Ki Yosef becharshar, Yosef is an ox, binyamin is a, is, a, is a wolf. Right? Chazal compared them to. Vikinya zeholich upoches, etc. And that's why Ephraimu menasha and binyamin are group third, gvura. Finally, the third, the fourth and final group is the Medes of Osher. As we know, riches is not something that we you know, it's not a prerequisite, but it's always good to have. You're able to serve HaKadosh Baruch Hu with proper osher. So, Shekhinah Shor, if I don't have any worries either. As we mentioned in last week's Russia, the more Gashmis HaKadosh Baruch Hu gives me, it's just a means to be able to serve him better. So here too, the three quote-unquote rich Shvatim, Don, Asher, and Naftali are next. Chazal say by all of them, the Psukim say, Naftali Savaratzon, Mali Berkaz Hashem, Don had plenty of gold to build, uh, to build an, uh, an, egel, an egel later on in, in Sefer Shoftim. He was the Maasef. All of these symbolize Osher. So it says the Klayakar, if you put all these, all these together, the Chazal that says that Shekhin is only Shora on someone who is a Chacham and who has Osher and who is a Gibar and who is an Anav, each four of those is a different side, and each three Shvatim, respectively, fit into one of those. Yehudi, Yisachar, and Zavulun are going first. Then you have Reuven, Shimon, and God in the next group, symbolizing. Then you have Ephraim, and Asher, and Binyamin. And then finally, the three left, Don, Asher, and Naftali, symbolizing the riches, the ocean. Okay, picking out one Pasuk. Pasuk says in Perak Gimel, Pasuk Mem Gimel. Gimel Mem Gimel, as we know, the Shevet of Levi was not counted with the rest of Klal Yisrael. They weren't counted. They had their own counting. Two points regarding the Shevet Levi's counting that we'll say. First is the number. It says, how much were there? Gimel Mem Gimel. The Pazak says, Shnayim Besrim Elef, 22,000, Shlosha Veshivim Umasayim, 273. 22,273. So we don't need a Rishon to already point out this question to us. We can just read the Psukim. Levi isn't even half, doesn't even get to half the amount of any other Shevet. It's tiny. It's tiny. And Levi, by the way, counts from 30 days old, which we'll get back to. They, even, they don't even count from 20. What, where's Sheva Levi? What happened to them? Were they so small? Where are they so small? That's the question of the Ramban. How did Levi get so small? Vihine lo, source number ten. Levi wasn't like the other Shvat. Kibi ben Twenty-two thousand. it's probably it's less. Eight thousand. 
Why shave a lady so small? This is a question that bothers the Rishonim and the Achron. So what does the Ramban say? The Ramban says, This supports a Chazal. What does Chazal say in Parsha Shmos? Chazal say that Levi wasn't Meshubit in Egypt. After all, how did Moshe and Aaron just walk freely? Right, let my people go. Why weren't they working? So Chazal assumed that Levi wasn't in the Shibud. And you know what, says the Ramban? Remember Rashi in the beginning of Shmos? Rashi says, the Mitzrayim are saying, I'm going to make you small, I'm going to work you so hard. HaKadosh Baruch Hu says, as hard as you work them, I'm going to give them more and more children. So the harder they were worked, the more kids they had. Levi wasn't worked hard. Levi didn't get that bracha because they didn't have that klala. It's kasher ya'anu osam, ken yirbev v'chen yifrots. They didn't have the inui. If they don't have the inui, they don't have the ribui. That's the Ramban. And therefore they weren't included. They had natural reproductive systems. They didn't get the 60 in one keres, or the 6 in one keres, whatever the medrash is. So that is why they were much, much smaller. Because that was just natural. And Yisrael were zochet to me'awateva because of the inui that they went through. The Archaim HaKadosh, I didn't give it to you, but he asked a number of questions on the Ramban. I just gave you his answer. Archaim in Source 11 gives a different shot than the Ramban where he suggests that maybe, and this is also suggested by the Klayakar, Remember, Avram divorced his wife. Avram said, I'm going to have more kids. Forget it. I'm going to have to throw the boys into the river. Remember we discussed back, back in Parsha Shmos, the goblets of Miriam, the optimism that she saw symbolizing all the women in Hashem Sikonios. But it says the Arachayim, Amram divorced his wife, so everybody followed suit. But then what happened with Amram? Miriam Hanavia says, you can't do this. Amram's daughter says, no, you're going to have the Goel. You're worse than Paro, right? You're getting rid of the girls too. But you're going to have the Goel, Dad. you got to get back together. So Amram retakes his wife. We have no source that says everybody else took back their wives at that time. So suggest the Arachayim, maybe it was kind of just the opposite of the Ramban. The Ramban says that the Levim were natural and everybody else was Me'alateva. So the Arachayim, no, maybe everybody else was natural because everybody else, Sheva Levi followed Amram. The rest of Klal Yisrael, they got back together and they kept having children naturally. But Levi, they never got back together. That's his pshat. But finally, one other pshat, and that's the Meshachachma. The Meshachachma is not here. The Meshachachma is in Parshish Pinchas. Meshachachma is there in Source 12. Right? The, the, the uh, Kuta happens again there. Source 12. Hakamonim nispalo madua sheve levi hayim ma'at mimisparo kenegat sharashvatim. Why is levi levi less? Says the Meshachachma. Many times we look at a certain event in life and we think it's negative. We think it's something bad, quote-unquote. But as it says in Eicha, Baruch is in charge. We see they're so small. It's terrible for Klai Yisrael. Baruch had it that way. Because remember, 
the second column. miraculously did not let them reproduce as much as the other Shvatim. Why? Why? Let's see where it is. Skipping a few lines. Because remember, they were going to have to be supported by the rest of the Jewish people. They were not going to have their own lands. They were going to be in 48 cities, Are Levium, including six Are Miklat. Well, you're going to have the largest Shvatim have to be supported by the rest? Because Baruch Hu says no. It's not how it's supposed to be. They're supposed to be a Sheva Levi. They're supposed to be the smallest leaders to be supported by Kalal Yisrael. But I can't, I can't do that to my people. I can't put such a burden of Parnassah, of a whole Shevet, on the rest of Kalal Yisrael. That's not how it's meant to be. So HaKadosh Baruch Hu says, I'm going to make them small. I forgot to mention that. He even says that's Pshan of the Pasuk and Pinnacles. Look where it's, look where it's uh, bold-faced for a minute. At the beginning of 12. Mayub Kutehem Shloshav Esrim Elef. They had 23,000. Ki. Lohas Paktu Betach B'nei Yisrael. They weren't counted with the rest of Kalal Yisrael. Why? That's a Meshachachma reading Upasik. Why? Because they had a small number, because they weren't given a Nachla, and therefore the rest of Klai Yisrael had to support them. And it's not fair, and it's not, wouldn't it be appropriate to have such a large number of people having to be supported? So that's regarding the number, the number of Shevet Levi. There's also another thought about Shevet Levi. The following thought could be said at any Simcha. You name the Simcha, just keep this Vard in one's back pocket, and you could use it. Bar Mitzvah, wedding, bris, anything. A bris is really good. But uh, this is it, Ramosha. Ramosha, in, uh, in this week's Parsha, where he talks about the question of why was Sheva Levi counted from 30 days old, while all the other Shvatim were counted only from older? Even so, they were much smaller. But why do you count Sheva Levi from 30 days old? Says Ramosha. This is a short one. Nira, line 4. Dibbe'etzem, I'm in source 13. Really, Ketanim are included in mitzvahs. You could count the children. They could be counted as Jews. They could be in the census. We're not counting people who are obligated in mitzvahs. Right, who could count for a minion? You could count children. But the problem is, how do you know if the average five-year-old is going to turn out okay? How do you know if he's going to be fully, properly educated with Torah and mitzvahs? The parents are busy. They're, are they going to focus so much on the children? From 20 years old, okay, now you can figure out if he's, uh, he's on the proper way. 20 years old already probably assume that where he is now, even though Lavdavka, Rabbi Kiva started at 40, right? But uh, still, 20 years old already, they're getting somewhat mature. Shekvahu ben das, v'roin shehu shomer You can start counting at 20. Avol sheva levi, shemukvulio shomri, mishmeras hakodesh, but shevet levi, who are, hukva, they were set aside to be the shomrim of the Aaron. Lahorus v'ladur v'lavod avodas Hashem ispark to work in the base of Mikdash, to be a Kodesh Baruch Hu's special servants, who karuba v'chazaka, you could be sure that these kids are going to be great. Sheva Levi, the Avodas Hashem, that's their life. That's their life. Of course, these you can start from 30 days old. You don't have to worry about it. 
Just like Yocheved, right on the way in, on the way in, she had number 70. On the way into Mitzrayim, it was already counted. And that's why Sheva Levi starts right away. And he says that's even at the end what we say, right? Just like Yikanis Labris, these parents, so too surely the rest of it, the rest of the bracha will come true also. So again, at any simcha, and these parents are real embodiments of Sheva Levi, and they, their whole life is Avodah Hashem and Avodah Kodesh in their own base of Migdash in their neighborhood, etc., etc. So it can be used. One more small thought before we get to the final thought of the night. And that is from someone, some, a sefer that we haven't had yet in the year, the Tosefis Bracha, which is the Torah Tzimimah's other sefer. Torah Tzimimah is famous for the Torah Tzimimah on Chomish, but he has another sefer called Tosefis Bracha. Where in Source 14, he also picks up on one letter that is missing in the Torah. Quote, unquote, missing. If you look at Shani, all the Shvatim that are listed throughout Parag Aleph, throughout Parag Aleph, every Shevet, it says, Livnei Ru Shimon Tolosam, Livnei God, Livnei Yisachar, Livnei Zulun, Livnei, Livnei Yosef, Livnei Magad, Livnei The last one is Naftali. There's no Libnei Naftali. It's just Bnei Naftali. The Lamed is left out. Pasik Membez. Parag Aleph, Pasik Membez, the Lamed is left out. Bnei Naftali. What happened to the Lamed? The first 11 get a Lamed. They don't. It says that Tosef is brach. Why? Mishum da'ad acher This counting was what put them into their placements. So all Klayisro were in one big group, and Moshe Rabbeinu was calling out. He was counting and calling out. Okay, the blue team. Goes over here. And this team, he was calling out. It's like announcing who's on what team. Says the Tosefus Bracha. Valachain, therefore, when they had to count everyone, they said, they announced the Shevet, whoever was Shayach to that Shevet came. That's what it means, Livnei. Whoever is Shayach to this Shevet, Libnei Shimon. To those who are part of Shimon, come on, it's your turn. Livnei. Zvulun, Livne Yehuda. That's the Lamed by all these. To the to the people who are Shayach to this Shevet, it's time for you to come. That's the Lamed. Naftali is the last one. They're the only one in front of Moshe Rabbeinu by this time. What do you have to say? To the ones who are Shayach? No. Come on, Naftali. You don't have to say to the ones who are Shayach to Naftali. They're the only ones in front of him. So that's why when you get to the last Shevet, there's no Lamed. It's just B'nai Naftali. Come on. It's your turn. Unbelievable. One letter missing, which explains the whole story. Explains the whole story. As he says on line 9, They don't need the Lamed, just straight B'nai. just like to end with one thought related to Yom Yerushalayim. As we uh, are in the coming hours to the to the Nidcha uh, Yom Yerushalayim and the, and the uh, Bobayom Yom Yerushalayim. Again, I also have to mention that last week, I uh, I mentioned that somebody two weeks ago, somebody about a month ago, came over to me and said, you know, you got to mention the Meshachachman Bukhukosai. And I said, yes, of course I'm going to mention it. Then I mentioned it last week, but he was talking about a different one. <laughs> uh, he was so excited, we were so excited he was going to mention it that I mentioned it. I, I was excited about the one we mentioned last week, about Teva and Ace. But he says, no, the other one I found out later. 
So I, I, I didn't know how to apologize to him, you know, the, the letdown. So I figure I would do it this week because it has to do with and gets us in the mood for Yom Yerushalayim. And it's really a defining Meshachachma um, in his themes. And there's one line in here that's very famous, as we'll get to, and that's what it has to do with Yom Yerushalayim. But it's something that really has to be a forefront in every Jew's mind throughout this thousands of years of Gaulus that we find ourselves in. I'm not going to read the whole thing, but you have it in front of you in source 15 and, and, the, and the back of it. Please, the parts that we don't read, I'm going to say most of it outside, but um, please, if you've never seen it before, it is, um, it's really, it's, um, you know, obligatory, really, for all of us, for every Jew to, to read. Ha'in Yanhu. The Meshachach was talking about Gaulus, right? Last week's parsha, the Chukosai talking about, in the Tochacha, talking about Gaulus. Ha'in Yanhu. Shinisboning sasbadarke ha'ashkacha ha'elyona. When we think about the Hashkacha, when we think about Hashkacha, says the Meshachachma, when a Kaddish Baruch Hu was gozer, that we should go into Galus, HaKaddish Baruch Hu already took precautions beforehand to make sure that we, excuse me, didn't lose our identity totally in Galus. He made sure, he put into motion certain historical occurrences that will always happen to make sure that Jews remain Jews and they don't totally get assimilated and lose their identity. And he says, the Gedoli Hadar throughout their generations did this too. Who was the first? Who was the first one to make a Gzera to make sure that the Jews didn't forget that they were in Gullist? None other than Yaakov Avinu. Line 11. He saw the future. Seventy people in a large metropolis in Mitzrayim. We will get totally lost. We would get to the Rahman Allah's 50th level of Tumah. He said, you know what? I got to do my best. You know what I'm going to do? Don't bury me here. Don't bury me here, because if that happens, people are going to think that this is it. This is the homeland. This is where the end all is. Says Yaakov Avinu, don't bury me here. And of course, his children followed suit. Not only Yosef, but all the Shvatim Chazal tell us were buried up in, in uh, Eretz Canaan, right? They say that uh, Dun is buried pretty close by. Well, that's true or not. Either way, we're in Sheva Dun. But Vimhaya Yaakov, Yaakov already took precautions. Vimhaya Yaakov, line 18. Avi Koshifte Yisrael Kavursham. If he was buried in, in Eretz Mitzrayim, they would say, forget it, this is our homeland. They would say, this is, our, this is where we've always been, and this is where we will be. So already Yaakov Avinu. And as we know, he continues the Ashikresa Zagadola with all the halachas that we have of Bishalakum and Chalavakum and, and Yayin, all the halachas that are meant to keep us separate when we are involved in other lands, when we are living in other lands, all of these are meant with the same topless, the main goal, to make sure that we don't get totally lost in, in this gullus. That's what he continues throughout the uh, first paragraph. And then he says on line 27, next column. If you look throughout history, says... And it's impossible to imagine, and it's amazing that the Jew is still around when the Babylonians and the Greeks and the Romans and all those other nations aren't here anymore. And the Jews, who were always the underdog, are still around. It doesn't make sense. 
Asher shatfu shanim am hamaat. All the tragedies and all the terrible things that have happened to us. You know where? You know why we're still around? Part of it. Line thirty-four. Derech hashkacha ki anuchu meshach shanim karav lameyo matayim. What happens? He gives us a hundred or two hundred years of nachas ruach, a little bit. He gives us time to get into a land, to get comfortable, to get settled, to get involved in the society around us. And then what happens when we get too settled and we get too comfortable? Mm-hmm. A wind comes, and floods the whole land. What happens? We get expelled. We get pushed out. We get forced not to be who we want to be. We go to another land and the whole cycle starts again. He says, look throughout history. How many countries did it happen in? It happened in Mitzrayim. Right? It happened in Spain. It happened when the Meshach died in 1926. Right? 1843 to 1926. So he, said, he saw almost all history that we saw, except the last stage. But he says, look throughout history. The Jews go to a land, they get somewhat comfortable, they even open up Torah institutions, he writes, and they think that this is it, and then something happens. Ad ki yishkach, line 40, hayos ogebar sachriya, we forget, we're in a strange land, yachshov ki zehu makom achzavto, we think this is it, bal yitzap elishuas Hashem, aruchniyas bezvan amiyuad, we forget davnik for Mashiach, shem yavot, maybe we'll say it, like it says in the Kuzari, we'll say v'sachazena inedu b'shuf l'asiyam barachem, but we really mean it, v'sachazena inedu, but I want to take my house with me, v'sachazena inedu, as long as I can take this asset, you know, I hope it fits on the eagle's wings, right, so that's, so we'll say it, but that's not, says the Meshachachma, do we really believe it throughout history, says the Meshachachma, it happens over and over and over again, that we just get too comfortable. Why does the Kaddish Baruch Hu do it? To make sure that we don't lose our identity and the religion doesn't get lost. Again, I can't read the whole thing right now, but he says even in the next column, he says people think that they're comfortable in, and again, remember the Meshach was not one of the great, I mean, he recognized the Balfour Declaration, but um, he was not one of the great, he should go to Eretz Yisrael today, he was not in that, in that, in that, that group. But he says this is Amita Shel Torah. This is you can't. This is this is Torah Shabbat. This is Torah Shabbat Peh. That Eretz Yisrael is like Eretz Hanifcheres. It's the first Rashi in Chumash, right? You don't have to look farther than that. Yevaker Barayon. Next column. Barayon. Kozei Vesasher and Chilo Avosenu. Sometimes we get too comfortable where we are, and we think about that this is what our fathers gave us. Yishaer Chadashot B'Shachlach Mahayalu Umatobis. Another do Bayam. We don't remember that we're in Galus. And he finally says his famous line on line seven, in 1926. Yachshov ki Berlin hi Yerushalayim. That's what they start thinking. That's the scary line. Ukumukul kawan shabahem asitem kimisukanim lo asitem. Az yavo ruach soe vesar, a storm is going to come. Yaakar oso migiz o, yanifu lagoy me rachok, asherlolaman lishono. Yeda ki huger, says the Meshachachma. When we have a Yom Yerushalayim, when we have, for the first time in 2,000 years, sovereignty. Not just that we had 19 years that we couldn't go to the Kotel. Fine, that was a 19-year blip. Of course, Baruch Hashem, we have now, but it was 2,000 years since we have sovereignty over the Kotel, since Bayesheni. Since Bayesheni, we didn't have, we didn't have control that we could go to the Kotel. Go to, go to Yerushalayim. So th- when this day comes, when this miraculous day comes, 42 years after it occurred, 
we have to make sure that we recognize the gift. And we recognize that there's only one Yerushalayim. We recognize that there's no other city in the world, even in Eretz Yisrael, even Tveria, Tel Aviv, doesn't matter where the embassy is. There's only one Yerushalayim. We don't think Berlin is Yerushalayim. We don't think any of the city is Yerushalayim. We realize the gift that Kaddish Baruch Hu gave us and gives us and continues to give us. And though we don't have Yerushalayim HaBenuya yet, we still have to daven. Lashon HaBar Yerushalayim HaBenuya. As I mentioned in another shir, the, um, the Pasuk describes Mashiach as coming Ani Verochev Alachamor. Poor and riding on a donkey. First of all, why poor? So the Zohar says, why poor Ani? So the Zohar says, that Oni stands for three of the hardest Mesechtas in Shas, Erev and Nida and Yuvamas. When Chazah, when Tzbenei Yisrael start being Osik in the hardest Mesechtas, then Mashiach will come. It's a Zohar, but that's Oni. But then Rochev ala Chamor. Chamor. Why a Chamor? Why a donkey? You'd think that Mashiach would be on a, on a horse, on a, on a stallion, on something, some great Chamor. Donkey. That, that's, that's, some, so, so, that's our dream. So let's heard the Pshat that what, what's a Chamor? A Chamor, it would be on a donkey. Donkey goes, and donkey stops. Donkey goes, donkey sits down. Donkey goes backwards. Donkey stands up, it goes a little bit more, and stops, and go. That's the ge'ula. That's the ge'ula. We're, we're on a donkey. You know, we don't get everything in one shot. But that's that's the ge'ula, and that's 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 the base of Migdash, and that's Yushalayim. So we've got to celebrate what we have. We have to celebrate and be makratov to HaKadosh Baruch The chamar is going. The chamar is going. Right? This history is marching on. We should be Zoha not only to celebrating Yom Yerushalayim, but Om Hazeb. We should be Zoha to some Yerushalayim Habnuya when we have David Amalek, when we're all celebrating in the base of Migdash from here of Yemen.